Welcome to The Clappers. This is Andrew Young. And I am Carl Quinn. I see the moon. The moon sees me. Down through the leaves of the old oak tree. The vehicle's not safe. We need to fail. We need to fail down here so we don't fail up there. Please let the light that shines on me. Neil, everyone's in agreement. We'd like you to command. Shine on the one I love. Andrew, have you heard of First Man? Yeah. Yeah? Have heard of First Man. Yeah. Are you have excited to see First Man? Does it appeal to you? Oh, look, i tell you something. I'll tell you this. When I was a little boy... Just like perhaps my first, second day of school, we had this great folder called a sentence maker. It was orange, my favorite color, folded into three sections. And in each section were, were, were spaces where you could put letters and words, create your own words and create your own sentences uh, in the sentence maker. The first sentence that I made, the first sentence that not, not I wrote, but I made with existing letters and words was, the astronaut went up into space. Wow. I was absolutely consumed. And I think a lot of boys and girls were with, I, we, we would sometimes sit out in the kitchen and look up and we could see satellites. And we, we were just so excited about spacecraft, about space exploration, about anything to do with space, right through the late 60s, early, mid, mid 70s when um, the, what, what, what was the one that went to Mars? The Explorer. Explorer and or Voyager, the Voyager, Voyager, Voyager. I, Voyager, yeah, Voyager. I remember yeah. seeing the pictures on the front of the sun. Yeah, you know, it was very exciting. And so, so the idea of any films about space have the potential mm. to be really good. They not all are, sadly, but they have the potential to be really good. Okay, so to backtrack a little, First mm-hmm. Man is yep. directed by Damien Chazelle and stars Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong, and it is the story of how Armstrong came to be the first man to step on the moon. And uh, Chazelle and Gosling were last teamed together in La La Land, that little film um, mm. that, you know, gave people white a man lot of hope. E- white man explains jazz to the black man. Well, there you go. <laughs> gave people a lot of hope that the musical was about to have a major resurgence, which I think it's fair to say has not yet come pe- to pass. Isn't that interesting? I remember that. Oh, um, it's great. Musicals are back. Mm. and. Really, I think they had more reason to say that when Chicago came out mm. than than when La La Land came out. Yeah, but I mean, you have to bear in mind that there is a a development lag, and so it mm. may well be that this tomorrow. time next year or this time tomorrow, yep. there will suddenly be a flurry of musicals yeah. arriving. Uh, and there is the most excellent TV series, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which is basically a musical comedy. Um, every episode has a couple of musical numbers. It's um, which. I think it's fair to say predates La La Land, but it's uh, if you haven't seen it, catch it. It's very cool. I did see something where that happened, and it was annoying. Is it annoying? (laughs) Is it annoying? (laughs) Well, you're asking the question. If if I were to say, would Andrew Young find it annoying? Yes, that's a good question. question. That's a question you should be asking every time you sit down in front of your electrical rectangle. You should be asking that question. I think there's probably a 98% probability that Andrew Young will find anything annoying. <laughs> That's true. That's that true. true. Anyway, the, the, I'd say, given what you said before about your mm. childhood infatuation yep, with yep. space and the notion of it, I'd what about you? about you, a 93% you... chance you'll find First Man annoying, which means it's 
you know, it's mm. considerably higher yeah. to be pleasing to you. But tell me, did what what did you feel about it as a kid? I thought it was space. Good. Well, oh, no, no, it was space. A kid. space. Were you interested uh, in space? Yes, I think so. But yeah. I mean, I don't remember it being a sort of a consuming passion. Do you remember I, seeing I, the I, landing I built on the moon? I a lot of models of rockets. Okay, and things do you remember like that? seeing the landing on the moon? Because you're considerably older than me. So well, I'm you not should considerably older. Considerably older than me. I I would have been five years old when it happened. Do I remember it? I don't know. I have. I have a recollection of being in a primary school classroom and watching footage oh, of it. Because you were overseas, weren't you? I was in England, yes. Okay. Yeah, we didn't so have TV was, in England. I was woken yeah. up by my mum and dad mm. and brought into their bed with my little baby brother watching it on the black and white. Yeah. And I, I, I remember it and it was it was just barely – it wasn't very good. It yeah. wasn't – in today's <laughs> it, it's a scratchy kind of black and white thing and, and it was just so exciting. We yeah. all we all were excited about so, it as kids. So to go back, I would yep. say I have a recollection of seeing it in a classroom yep. a primary school yep. in Brisbane yep. uh, when I was, I don't know, maybe eight. Okay. Right? Yeah. And it doesn't make sense because mm. it already it happened. happened. What, yeah. Was there a re- we, well, we didn't get it in Australia for a few yeah, years. Yeah, there was a lag. In we Brisbane. used to get things Brisbane late in those days. Brisbane was behind the time. So, you know. <laughs> Do you remember you were, where you were when uh, when Kennedy was shot? Yes, I was watching the 1975 Grand Final. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit. So, no, I, I don't quite know. Where, how my memory sort of you know tallies up with the reality? Maybe maybe we were watching it as an historical you know yeah, uh, incident yeah. or something. I, I might have been remember. behind the news. You're watching behind the news, possibly behind the news. I mean, yeah. we certainly did watch behind the news yeah, we as an educational too. thing every every week. So mm. um, yeah, so no, I I don't remember watching it in the moment. Yeah, but you know, it is undoubtedly steeped in in the mind of everybody. Certainly of of that know, age. age. Yeah, um, yeah, and and perhaps a bit younger and certainly a bit older. Um, this, I think, is really an attempt to sort of breathe life into that story and mm-hmm. the monumentality of the achievement mm. of that fact. Uh, when, when I think people have probably become a bit blasé about it, you know, yeah. you could you could argue that it's a it's an excellent piece of NASA propaganda. Yeah, in that the the fight to they need it, secure they? funding yeah. from the the U.S. government is ongoing for NASA, mm-hmm. and that's something that's apparent in this film. So it starts in 1961. Yeah, and. Uh, it has, I'd have to say, one of the most exhilarating opening sequences, in which Armstrong is flying a uh, a, a test plane, uh, like a you know a, a, a rocket, fighter jet. A, well, not a fighter no jet, fighter it's jet. A, specifically a rocket-powered, um, you know, a test test plane, you know, yep. um, and, and into the atmosphere. And, okay, and yeah. the camera work, it's it's close. You don't get much of a sense of what he's in. You don't get much of a sense of the space around him. Mm-hmm. What you get is is a fractured view through a split windscreen, you know, yeah. which has got structural metal down the front of it. So you're not even getting a clear view of, of the horizon and the yeah. sky and the atmosphere. What you're getting is this sort of two panes, triangular mm-hmm. panes. You're getting sort of juddering images of, of control panels and you're getting incredible noise that's just deafening and disorienting and you're getting crackly sort of uh, connection to... Uh, the mission control center. It's like what you get is this immersion in the the sense of barely hanging in there. Yeah. That to be a test pilot yeah. would have been yeah, at that moment. I and think to be the right pioneer, stuff did that, didn't it? That, yeah. That yeah, book yeah. and film both yeah. gave a sense of the important, well, the danger yeah. and the you know the absolute, the absolute the, the closeness to the elements. Like it's just this millimeters between you and nowhere and Absolutely. being crushed by the atmosphere Absolutely, or yeah. blown up. You know. So. In, in a way, the film traces 
two things. It's Neil Armstrong's journey from that test pilot in that yep. opening scene to being the first man on the moon. And a little, there's a little bit of a uh, sort of a, a, a coda to it, you know, what, what it was like after, but not really. Yeah. It doesn't kind of examine Where are they now? thereafter. No, it doesn't really do that. It just yep. has this kind of like he's back on Earth and he's in quarantine. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's okay. kind of where we yep. leave it. He and his wife who've had some tough times kind of, you know, Touching hands through the pane of glass, you know, yeah, very and it's, it's 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 nice because they are forever separated. And he's had this experience that nobody else has had, yeah. you know. So there is that, but it's parallel to that is really the story of the mission, right? Mm. To get uh, to get somebody on on the moon, to go to the moon, mm-hmm. uh, and the race with the Russians, and the continual battle for funding, mm-hmm. and the the sort of waves of sentiment that that ebb and flow in terms of this is a good thing for us to be doing. This is a complete waste of. Money yeah, and yeah. effort. Why aren't we putting the money into education? Why aren't we putting the money? You know, mm. it's kind of. I guess I don't know that you would call it a political statement from Chazelle, but I definitely think it, it is. It is a kind of like, uh, you know, he plants a flag, I guess, yeah, and saying whatever you think of, you know, the competing, you know, needs, mm-hmm. which are always there yeah. and are always going to be uh, demanding a response one way or another, whether you spend the money on education or health or lowering taxes or whatever it might be, this deserves some, you know, a moment. This deserves a moment to to be acknowledged for what it was, which mm-hmm. is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I think you get that. I think you really get that feeling. Good. It's slow. Yeah, and it's two that's, hours twenty that, that's, minutes. That's a plus in my well, book. For, yeah, for some people. Yeah, and it is often claustrophobic, which is really quite plus. <laughs> it's counterintuitive for a film that is about the great vast out there. Yeah, that so much of it happens in these confined spaces mm-hmm. where you know Armstrong and the others can barely even see each other mm. because of the equipment, you know. The, of course. The, they're strapped into these big suits with these helmets, bulbous helmets. They can't really move. They can't see much. They have to shave their heads. They all, they all have shaved heads, the astronauts. Uh, they didn't in this. Okay. Buzz Aldrin has no hair. In, in, the, in the world, they had I don't know if that's heads. true. I remember the pictures. Don't worry, I was there. I don't think I that's true. I remember Neil Armstrong... With a big bushy moustache and sideburns no. and a yeah, pompadour. Yeah, yeah, with a handlebar moustache. <laughs> he looked like, like General Custer. No, no, I remember him with his buzz cut. Mm. I absolutely remember remember him in his uniform with his buzz cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, that may have been for publicity purposes uh, rather than as he was getting in, in sure, the capsule. Sure. But anyway, there's there's no shaved heads in this. <laughs> I, 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 and if that's the point at which history versus Hollywood takes issue mm. with this film, well, so mm. be it. So be it. I think it's really good. I think it's very, very good. I think some of the camera work, which is extreme close-up, frequently out of focus, mm-hmm. really quite disorienting, a lot of handheld stuff. David Stratton wouldn't like it then. David Stratton would hate it. He'd be he'd be having conniptions over this, yeah. I think. But it is, uh, it is a challenge at times, and I think that a lot of people will be put off by that, and I think a lot of people will be put off by the pace of it. But I think it's, I think it's pretty amazing, actually. I'm... Glad that you're talking about it in the terms of it being about space and first man on the moon because the trailer I saw made it look a little bit more like a domestical drama about relationships. Well, Claire Foy plays his wife, Jan, and there is a lot of stuff in there which is about the cost uh, back on Earth mm-hmm. of, of the mission and the cost in relationships and the mm-hmm. cost on, on lives. I mean, there were lot, lots of pilots, lots of uh, potential astronauts who were lost, who, yep. who died in accidents one way or another, and that is all touched on mm-hmm. in the film. 
Five. What are the chances you're not coming back? Four. Those kids, they don't have a father anymore. Three. So you're going to sit the boys down? Two. And you're going to prepare them for the fact that you might not ever come home. One. Do you think you're coming back? It is a portrait of, of Armstrong and yes. of his relationships as well. And the one thing you sort of take away from this is that he was an incredibly contained, controlled man mm -hmm. who was perhaps not very good at human relationships. Mm. He was, that has been said about him. Yeah. In the he past. was just so tight. So perhaps the right person for that well, particular that's right. job. Yeah. Not necessarily great on earth, no, but fantastic no. on the moon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's and that's an interesting thing because yeah. you know people are equipped with, you know, personality traits and skills and behavior modalities that are great in one environment and terrible in another. Yeah, yeah. You know? and it's true. In, yeah, in this particular case, he had the perfect set of skills, it would appear, to, <laughs> to get to the moon. Yeah. Not so great at raising kids or having a relationship with a, with a woman, you know? What about Michael Collins and Edwin Aldrin? Mike, any, Michael they Collins appear is so peripheral kind of, oh. in this. I mean, he's in it. That's, that's kind of sad because in... That's, it, well, that's it, kind of the story of history. Him, in, history remembers right. Michael Collins as yeah, peripheral. Yeah. He's but, there. <laughs> but, but had he... Like, had something happened, they wouldn't have been able to get off the moon. So yeah. he was a quite important person to Extremely that mission. Extremely important. Extremely important. <laughs> he wasn't peripheral to the success of the mission. Yeah. And that, you know, there might be another story there. Maybe this is going to be a, 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 like trilogy. a trilogy. A trilogy. Yes. You know, <laughs> buzz. Um, buzz the pain. Um, buzz Aldrin comes across as a, a really... Uh, he likes to be on television, Buzz. Pretty annoying character. He's in a lot of ads. He's yeah. in 30 Rock episodes yeah. of yeah. different things. He likes to be around. Annoying would be slightly wrong. I mean, I would mm. say he's a, he's a plain speaker. Mm -hmm. who uh, alienates a lot of people by yeah. being so plain speaking. Neil Armstrong, on the other hand, is so Tacitone. politic that he says nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like he's, he's having his wife forces him to have the farewell conversation with his kids because he may never come back. Mm -hmm. He may never come back. And, and while trying to address these big issues, he says, are there any more questions? <laughs> it's like he's doing a press That's conference. Good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> It's. Look, I think it's a fantastic film. I think um, it's odd. How long is it? What is it? Two thousand and eighteen. Well, right? next year's the fiftieth anniversary yeah, of it. So this considerable be... amount of time to, to elapse for one of the great events of the American century to have a motion picture made about it. Oh, there was Capricorn One. <laughs> that was. I really enjoyed Capricorn One. I saw it at the drive-in when it came out. Well, I've got to say. I've got to say. It's it's an interesting Those thing. Helicopters, I man. couldn't I, I couldn't not think of Capricorn One <laughs> really? at some okay. level because you're watching the landing on yeah, the moon yeah, and going, yeah. oh my god, this really looks like they're landing on the moon. So if you don't know, Capricorn One is a film with O.J. Simpson, with I think Elliot Gould and I think Sam Waterson. I could be wrong on all counts. Anyway, it's about the sudden realization three astronauts have when their spaceship blows up on on television and they're not dead because the actual thing has all been faked and they find themselves being hunted down because they obviously can't be left alive when their spaceship has blown up and thus exposed the whole uh, farce. And, one of the and great conspiracy thrillers of, and, one, yeah. and one that has had like so many ripples through the real world. You yeah, know? There are yeah. so many people who believe still, that, that yeah, the moon landing was faked. And that the Earth is flat. There are people yeah. who believe the Earth is flat. The, you, well, you there are, are too. As well. and, and, uh, <laughs> and in fact, uh, this, this film is so convincing in its recreation of the moon landing in mm -hmm. the final sort of you you know, think, third. Oh. I'm going, well, maybe mm. Capricorn 1 was right. <laughs> to the men of Capricorn 1, 
I bring you greetings from your fellow Americans. There's only one small catch. It never happened. It's all a lie. A fantastic $30 billion hoax. Something's wrong and I don't know what it is. Dig deep enough, you might uncover the truth. Those signals couldn't have come from 300 miles. But the odds are, you'll never live to tell it. Now, I rang the bank yesterday because I did a really dumb thing. Go on. Uh, I, I paid the amount on for last month for my credit card, not this month's amount. Oh, yeah. So it says at the top of the bill, you paid this much. And I thought that's how much I had to pay. And so I was like out by a few hundred dollars. And so I, I, I rang them up, but I couldn't get onto them because my phone had gone to 3G for some reason and no phone calls. I thought there's something wrong with the bank. And I was going to ring up 3LO and say, there's something wrong with the bank. And then I, I, I walked to another part of the house and it went back to 4G and I was able to ring the bank. And they were very nice. They were really nice. It's funny, banks are being really nice at the moment. And they said... Um, yeah, but go and ask them for a home loan and see how you uh, oh well, that, that that's already been done. Yeah. Um, that they said, oh look, that's all right. I'll just call them up the the, the credit card side and see if they they are going to you know come and and take off your right arm for for paying less than you should have at the wrong time. And they were very nice. And they said, no, look, it's all fine. It's good. Don't worry. Uh, that'll be sorted out by the next one. And we'll send you a text message to confirm, and it'll be right. And guess what? What? No text message to confirm. Oh. So I'm nervous again. Oh my god! I'm nervous again. I like to pay it all off to zero. You're, you're I don't like to have any money well, around you can, you can and paying have that the set interest. Up automatically. And, you know that, don't you? I know. I'm terrible with that kind of automatic stuff. I'm, you know, I'm, well, it's terrible with the automatic stuff. Anyway, yeah. Mm. So come on, okay. give it to me. Give it to me, Andrew. One more film. I Both want fists. Yeah, it's called American Animals. Okay, and this is uh, also based on a true story. Uh, it's uh, about a uh, four college students in America at a mm-hmm. place called uh, tr- the Transylvania University, yeah. which is apparently one of America's oldest universities uh, in Kentucky, and uh, they decide to steal mm. some rare books from the college library, including mm. a copy of Audubon's Birds of America, which, mm. according to the film was in 2004 when this happened, worth approximately $12 million. So a rather valuable, mm. uh, well, it, lesser book than a folio, I guess you'd call yeah, it, you know, a collection yeah. of um, paintings, large format paintings. Um, but printed, not but, not actual but paintings. printed, yeah, yeah, that's right. Printed book. Um, and uh, they also uh, tried to steal a copy of, a first edition copy of uh, Charles Darwin's uh, The Origin of Species. Mm. And... Uh, they almost got away with it. It would seem Kentucky is not the place to house these rare and valuable <laughs> books. A university library under lock and key. But there with... are universities, my friend, and there are universities. Yes, yes. This is not the University of Fort Knox, no. uh, apparently. It would seem, which is also in Kentucky. Yes. So maybe Kentucky is. Uh, maybe it is. Uh, anyway, they uh, they attempted yep. to pull off this heist. It was almost sort of... A perfect crime. No, it was almost like a prank. It, ah, it almost began as, yeah, you, you right. know, in writing about this, I sort of refer to it as almost like an overblown O-week kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, jape in, in yeah. a way. And um, a jape, a jolly jape. But they get kind of consumed by the plan, right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of like, well, we could do this. We, what about? and you False know, moustaches. And then it all, st- there are false moustaches. Oh, they disguise themselves as old men. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say they are. 
they are the falsest false moustaches <laughs> I have seen uh, in a, an attempted heist. Take your Pelham one, two, ever. three. <laughs> Ocean's four. This is not. You're in, or you're out. How can I tell you if I'm in or I'm out without you telling me the first thing about what I might be in or out of? This would be something dangerous and very exciting. This library is home to the most valuable book in the United States. Twelve million dollars. You really need to see how easy this is going to be. Oh, you know this from all your previous ice? Can I just say how dumb this entire thing is? How do you know no one's going to get hurt? I don't want you waking up years from now wondering what could have happened and who you could have been. But what what makes this really, really interesting mm. is that it's made by a guy called Bart Layton, who's an English director, who is probably best known for a film he made called The Imposter, which came out about five or six years ago, which is about a 16-year-old kid from Spain, who pretended to be the lost, son, the, like the son who disappeared. But he's not sixteen. Of of these um of this Texan family, right? And mm. really bizarre story. Yeah. Very very. But he was like thirty two or something. Was he? He wasn't, I can't, I can't he wasn't a details. kid. He was a very yeah. small um someone who somehow had delayed puberty. Yeah. It was a very interesting story. I didn't know there was a film about that. Yeah 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 yeah. So that was. Yeah, that was a straight documentary. Mm. He's mm. this guy Bart Layton is basically his background is in documentaries. Made he he's one of the producers and has directed um, a series called Locked Up Abroad, which is you know, oh, I got caught with five, five grams of coke oh, down me knickers. I didn't like, even know it was there. It's like gov. Border Patrol yeah, and all like those that. kind it's of that sort of thing. Sh- Channel yeah, Seven yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he does one of them, does he? <laughs> yeah. And has probably done very nicely out of it too. I'd say. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, but this film takes that documentary background mm. into a you know more a narrative feature kind of space and he's got he he basically he interviewed the four guys while they were still in prison right mm. he came across this the story's been written about there was they a very long piece in yeah they get caught oh. I'm not giving anything away by saying oh, that because okay. their story has been well documented um they there was a long piece in Vanity Fair, I think two thousand and seven, maybe, nice. uh, that sort of detailed like okay. the, the the completely shambolic attempt to pull off this heist. Yeah, they're right? not very good crooks. They're right? terrible. They're, they're terrible yeah, crooks, yeah. and everything they could possibly do wrong, they, they pretty do, much do they wrong. Do. Yeah, um, and so Bart Layton uh, interviewed these guys. Approached mm-hmm. him, said, "I'm interested in telling this story," and uh, and he had like long exchanges with them on the phone mm-hmm. and in letters, and he developed a script. And uh, and then he eventually, when they when they were released, he interviewed them. Mm-hmm. Right, and he sorry, kind just of, a second. He, he didn't interview them in prison on camera. He interviewed oh, them oh, on oh, camera oh, 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 after their release. Yeah, right. So he's got filmed interviews with each of the four, and um, he had a day and a half with each of them, and, mm-hmm. and he basically uh, got he got the stuff, you know, the story they'd been telling him, but he also got other stuff. So yeah. he'd already written his script right, ah. for the acted version of this film, and then he got this material and he went, oh. I've got to rewrite the script because I've got all, all this, this stuff. Other great yeah. stuff. So he did. He rewrote it, and and then there's a there's a uh, you know an acted version of their story with 
bits of these documentary moments spliced in. So he's got he's got it's like a docudrama. No, it's well, oh. no, it's it, uh, you pull a pained face. It's actually a really really interesting piece. Of, I, I pull a pained face because you must have seen many times on the SBS it, one no, of these docudrama where they've got the voiceover and the actors and the blurry camera and the Romans and and someone. Banging their fist on the table and the maps going everywhere. It's not like that. It's, it's not, not like, like that. that. But you know what I mean, I'd, right? Or not? I'd actually say it's probably, if you were going to pluck like a comparison, I'd mm. say maybe drunk history, right? Where okay. you've got somebody telling a story yep. and then the actors start speaking, you know, start speaking the lines at the same time as they're speaking the lines. Mm-hmm. But there's also kind of like, retelling of the story because it's like actually no it wasn't like that conflicting viewpoints uh-huh. okay. so you get this kind of contested truth going yep. on and it's really interesting to have okay. the documentary form feeding del- deliberately and directly into this true story so that you're always kind of going was it like that or was it not quite like that mm. you know and how well, much- well with four four different versions that's so. right that's right so re- that's really really interesting but then one of the, th- the other things that's really interesting is Leighton's interest in this was about the motivation mm-hmm. which was that you've got these four guys who were all mostly from middle class families you know one one guy Chaz Allen from a very wealthy family uh uh, another guy, Warren Lipka, from a not so wealthy family, perhaps parents divorcing, but bits, yeah. a bit lost. Yeah. But they all wanted to do something that made them special, you know, that made them stand out. You know, they didn't want humdrum lives. Yeah. And so they thought this is a thing that was going to sort of set them apart. It was like you say, a, defining a prank. Moment. Everyone's like, well, that was classic. Those guys, they got in, they got out. Oh, brilliant. And. He, he, he when I when I talked to him he uh, Bart Layton he was he was sort of saying it's like it's a film that's set just before the social media age but mm. in a sense the kind of themes that that theme of like mm. I need to do something that makes me special has only become more pronounced in mm. the culture at large that everybody's taking you know trying to create a profile for themselves a brand something that makes them stand out from the crowd this kind of notion of uh, the the need to be exceptional and the right to be exceptional and it's it's very very interesting I think the ideas in this film and especially being exceptional for nothing like yeah, people that's right. just want to be famous yeah. not to have done something yeah. that is excellent not to have earned that makes it. them famous not, not, to have to, earned it. not to have done and the that's work, precisely what this it. is yeah. about this is yeah. about these guys trying to make a space for themselves uh, you know a future for themselves financial having, you know, the, the knowledge that they've pulled off this heist, yeah. whatever it might so be, was the intention, without earning it. Was the intention to sell the books or yeah, just... Yeah, oh, yeah. okay, so I thought it might have been, no, 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 hey, no. we got in, we got no, it, no, and then no, we've no. given the, it back. The attempt you was know. to, you know, the, the, the plan was to fence them through Amsterdam. It's, right, yeah. well, Amsterdam's the place. The, the library of the school that I went to was on the top of a, of a quite new building, maybe three or four stories up, and before I went there one day, the librarian arrived at work. And he'd arrived to work uh, on public transport that day because his car had been stolen. And he'd found his car reassembled in the library. It was, it was a, it was a <laughs> that, mini. That's it an was a exceptional mini. prank. Okay. So that's, I was thinking this is the kind of thing they're up to. You know, they're going to take the books and they're gonna, the books are going to appear somewhere. And go, oh, you guys, you, got, you are brilliant. So that, that was a very good prank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't happy. He was always angry that library. <laughs> I guess. That, How did he you know, get it out? I don't know. This is again before I was in primary school when this this happened. But that's 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in awe. It was a mini. It wasn't a charger. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I, I don't, I, I mean, if you see. Couldn't do it with a modern mini. If you've seen a, one of the bigger. old minis and you look at the way that the metal is pressed along the seams, it looks like you could dismantle it with a can opener. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, I was thinking, I wasn't thinking that there was a, it was a heist heist where they were actually going to sell it. They've set themselves up millions of dollars. Because you, you can't really be, fa- if you commit a really good crime, the idea is that nobody knows about it. That's right. Isn't it? You yeah. can't be famous. That's but right. then in the 19th century, a lot of those uh, bush rangers and the American version, what are they called? Outlaws. They would commit crimes for fame yeah. so that people would know who they Which were. Which is a theme um, explored brilliantly in Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a really interesting element of that film. Um, anyway, so the actors in this, Evan Peters, who uh, is in the X-Men films, is uh, okay. Quicksilver. Um, Barry Keoghan. Okay, uh, uh, yeah. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce his name. He was most recently in Dunkirk. He played a young kid who was on, on one of the rescue boats. Yep. And he is in The Killing of a Sacred Deer. He's a scary oh, kid in that film. Okay. And uh, yeah. a terrific Irish actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, Blake, Blake Jenner, who uh, is actually a yeah, a musician, but okay. an actor, and I probably can only recall him from Richard Linklater's um, "Everybody, Everybody's." Uh, what is it called? Everybody wants some. Everybody, everybody's got to have some. I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah. I don't anyway, know. Came out a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, so these are all unknown people that, uh, which is not a bad thing at uh, all. The, no, the actors are. Um, well, they're not stars. Is every, what I'm everybody saying. wants some. Okay. The, what, what I mean is, Linklater. they're not household names. They're not no, stars. No, no. They're, which is, which is, for me, always not a bad thing. Yeah. Anyway, it's absolutely, yeah, no, it sounds absolutely great. worth catching. Sounds great. That's it for us for another episode of The Clappers. Please join us again next time we speak.